Let's bring in David Neuhauser joining us, the managing director at Livermore Partners. David, looking at the situation right now, there's virus news, there's Fed news. Is this going to be a short-term virus thing we get over, or is there something more deep and structural happening? Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Oliver. You know, I think that will be uh, remain to be seen, right? I mean, I think early indications that we're, uh, the markets are seeing that uh, the new virus doesn't seem to have uh, an effect uh, any different than what we've seen with Delta and uh, COVID itself. So that doesn't seem to be what's really reflecting in the market itself. I mean, I think that's looming today, but it doesn't seem like that's uh, dictating what's occurring with stocks. Okay. so. If we get uh, this virus worsening, is there a possibility that uh, Powell comes back to his old form and they start talking pumping more money? Like, is the old equation here still at play or have we moved past that now with inflation as high as it is? Yeah, I think we've moved past that. At least that's my belief. And I think the markets are telling you that as well, Oliver. Uh, you know, where we had, again, when we had COVID beginning and we had sort of the liquidity uh, not in the system itself, and that was the need of pumping all this massive liquidity throughout the past, you know, 19, 20 months from now. I think the dynamics have changed today, as you know. So even though we're talking about another wave of COVID that potentially could interrupt uh, global economies, um, the Fed is already on, its, on a different path. So they've already seen what's happened in terms of inflation. They've already seen the effects of that. And now they're trying to see if they can counter that. So they're really walking a tightrope here, in my view, and determining what happens with the new variant and does that really play an effect in the economy in terms of potentially shutting them down and reducing uh, global demand, uh, what ultimately happens with the Fed. But don't get me wrong, they're really uh, in a tightrope situation here. And that's been, you know, Livermore's uh, uh, talk before in terms of our view that the Fed is, is uh, you know, in a box, so to speak, where they need to raise rates to combat inflation. And at the same time, the concern is that, you know, we can have a global shutdown. Now, the past uh, playbook for the Fed to combat inflation has been for rate hikes. In this situation, uh, is that really going to be where Powell goes if the economy is uh, still fragmented in the employment situation. And a, a lot of uh, data still suggesting that some of this inflation should pull back once supply chains get fixed and stuff like that. So does rate hikes uh, uh, help to combat inflation? Or do they just break this economy even more if they actually go that way? Yeah, so that's exactly right. So my, my viewpoint is that, you know, if they go down the path of uh, pulling back liquidity, raising rates, it's really going to damage the uh, economic environment because there's so much global uh, debt out there today, both on the corporate balance sheet, on the personal balance sheet by consumers, uh, and by just uh, governments in general. So if you look at it as a percent of GDP, you know we've seen uh, you know over half of uh, two dozen countries now have GDP over you know 300% to debt to GDP. And, uh, and the U.S. is, of course, getting uh, being a part of that. And I think as you look at that and you put in the context that the Fed is, is looking at raising rates, it's just going to be tougher and tougher. And that's what the you know, that's what the yield curve is telling you. 
So you've seen that under sort of the growthy situation of the past say six or eight months, um, that the yield curve uh, was obviously steepening, right? Which is good for small caps that we're invested in. It's good for overall dynamics of the global economy. But what you're seeing just in the past uh, month or two is that the yield curve is starting to flatten out, which means the market does believe the Fed that they're looking at uh, tapering and short rates are moving up and yet long rates are staying uh, low. And I think that also has an effect that the market's also telling you that if the Fed goes too far, too fast, that there's potential for an in inversion of the yield curve, which would ultimately lead to a recession. So right now, uh, if uh, bonds are telling us that there's real risk of kind of a structural impasse for policy at this moment, then how do you weather whatever storm is brewing? You've talked about gold with us before, this chart just can't get started. Is it time to give up on that as a way to uh, hedge these types of macro risks? Is there anywhere to go? Yeah, so it's a very interesting point, Oliver. So one I'll say is historically the dollar, the US dollar has always been sort of the real go-to hedge asset. Okay. And you know, I have avoided that in terms of being long dollars simply because, you know, again, you know, four trillion dollar uh, uh, money supply, you know, pumping money into the system, ultimately devalues the dollar. So, and you look at it structurally over the next, you know, decade in terms of the demographics of the country, there's just a number of things that I, I'm saying I'm bearish on the U.S. dollar. Mm. In the short run, the market's giving credit to the Fed to some degree that okay. they are going to go with their word of tapering, and therefore the dollar is very strong. That's okay. having a negative implication for gold, mm. you know, oil, and any other commodities as well. So. You know, gold has been the, the whipping boy of 2021. 20, uh, <laughs> you know, we're investors in it, but we're really investors, again, in companies. So even at today's gold price, though, when I look at it, I mean, we're investing in companies we're finding now in, in, in the uh, sector. They're trading at like double digit uh, free cash flow yield. So you know, there's tons of value in the space. As you know, you know, Livermore kind of focuses on uh, activism a lot where we try to extract that value as well. So I'm seeing a lot of situations, you know, within the mining sector in general, like gold, you know, oil and gas, of course, as well, and even some of the base metals. So, you know, it's it, it reminds me a lot of, you know, sort of 1999, 2000, if you remember, that right before we had a big downturn, um, you know, you started seeing the real value basket just get pushed lower and compressed lower and lower on valuation while these you know tech stocks that are trading at you know you know 20 times revenues have no you know make no money we're trading at you know just peak yeah. uh, valuations and then at some point as you know that reversed mm -hmm. so it, it really feels a lot like that where the value is getting really compressed and that would be a great time to be uh, buying or adding well, our own Lizzie Ann Saunders uh, from Schwab had a chart out the last 24 hours showing the number of companies in the NASDAQ that don't make money getting to the same percent as in 2000 and starting to pull back just like then. So you're on Twitter, David. Go check it out. Go find it at Lizanne's uh, feed. You're going to like it. Or I'll send it to you. I got one more, Mr. Newhouser, before we say goodbye real quick. The energy stuff that you like, those cyclical themes. I know a lot of that is also about the activism, the specific changes you want these companies to make. But can you give me a 45 second thought here on energy as a whole? Are you worried about this latest variant? Because crude just got demolished so quickly here. 
Yeah, look, it's it's been, uh, you know, November was a tough month for us. I think it was a tough month for a lot of uh, investors and, you know, crude's off 20% from its peak there as it was looking, you know, really bullish. Um, you know, I, my viewpoint still is I'm bullish on it. I think OPEC is, uh, you know, listening uh, to some of the <laughs> the political pressures that they, they've received and they're looking at increasing their production uh, going forward here in the short run. But ultimately, I think spare capacity is being taken out as you look in the 2022, you know, um, and I think ultimately you're going to see prices go a lot higher. Brent, I think, has a target on its back of about $100 a barrel. That's going to happen when, again, less investment, less supply, increased demand. And I think ultimately uh, some of those stocks, again, are, are have a lot of upside. So we're still investors in a big way, but no doubt it's been painful. Okay. David, thanks for the thoughts here. And uh, we'll chat soon again. Appreciate it as always. Thanks, Oliver. Thank you, David Newhauser, Managing Director at Livermore Partners.